Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Mr. Seb Jocelyn. Seb is a certified RTT therapist or rapid transformational therapy who focuses on working with young corporates and leaders to create an environment that maximizes well-being to help employees feel more happy, comfortable, and productive at work. Interestingly, he started his career working as a lawyer and during that time went through an intense burnout and set off on a journey of personal development and self-discovery and realized that he wanted to help other working professionals avoid burnout in their own careers. During this episode, we discuss his transition from law to an RTT therapist. We talk about our own experiences training as RTT therapists, and we talk about the differences and benefits of RTT compared to traditional therapy. And the last message he wanted to share is to listen to your inner voice, do what you love, because when you do what you love, you will be able to help so many people. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Seb Jocelyn. Thank you so much, Khaled. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you for your time, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. So, Seb, for the people who don't know, me and you actually connected through LinkedIn when I did my LinkedIn Live uh, with Selena, who also uh, I know you know personally. It was a really great experience for me. Uh, and I found out that you're also an uh, RTT therapist. I call it hypnotherapy here for people who don't know what RTT is. So I thought it would be amazing to have you on the show from, you know, one RTT therapist to another to discuss how was your journey? How did you get into it? What have you learned so far? And just talk about, you know, RTT as a whole. But before we get in, into everything, Seb, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much. And yes, indeed, it's such a pleasure to connect with another fellow, especially male therapist. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. Um, sure. And about my background. So I was born and raised in Geneva, Switzerland. Um, in a mixed family with a Chilean background as well. Okay. Um, I studied law because in Geneva, I felt that the only options I had were to study either law, medicine or finance. And uh, I didn't want to do medicine or finance. So I felt that the only option I had left was to do law and I did it. Uh, I completed it successfully. I started my career as a lawyer in Geneva, and then I moved to Zurich uh, and worked for different big corporate companies, smaller, uh, fast-paced startup companies. And eventually um, I experienced a burnout, which was a very difficult experience for me. But today I can say that I'm actually, I feel privileged that I went through that experience because it's what led me to the wonderful journey I'm on now as an RTT therapist. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I'm curious, I just wanted to touch on that uh, before we dive into the RTT side, because I think a lot of people nowadays, especially with, you know, the pandemic and mental health becoming a very big, uh, a bigger issue probably than it was before. I think a lot of people now are experiencing burnouts, especially when now you're working from home. So your office is your home. You don't get that separation. Um, you know, you're getting emails at 12 at night and so on. So could you just walk us through how did you get to that burnout stage? What, what did you, what were you experiencing? How did it feel? And how did you actually start to get yourself out of it? Yes. So my burnout experience was different because it was three years ago. So it was pre-COVID. Okay. Um, but in my experience, I feel that um, I knew deep inside me that I was not in a career that was really what I wanted to do. Uh, and I had been doing a lot of personal development already, but, you know, I wasn't sure about what I really wanted. And then I spoke about education earlier um, because I feel that 
the education we receive, the society we live in influences us a lot. And I don't think we take enough time to really connect with our inner self, listen to that inner voice that really tells us what we really want to do and what we are really here for. And so what led me, I believe that what led me to the burnout experience was that um, either I didn't want to, I wasn't ready, or I didn't know how to listen to that inner voice. And so I was desperately trying to do something that was not what I really wanted to do. And um, I always give this explanation to people when I talk about burnout, uh, because we very often think that it's only about workload and stress and where I do believe that these are two very important elements of a burnout experience. I don't think it's the only thing that leads to a burnout. I really believe that when you're not doing what you love or when you are not doing what you feel passionate about, uh, this is what would um, influence a burnout experience a lot more. And I, I would say that this was the case for me. Absolutely. So it's interesting that you, uh, I think you made a great point that a lot of times people think burnout is related to, you know, the stress of work and the workload uh, and so on. But I think you touched on a really good point that behind all that, <clears throat> what adds to the to that stress is when you know or you feel that I'm putting all my energy and effort into something that I don't feel passionate about, something that I don't love. And I, th I loved how you said there's probably a disconnect to that inner voice or that why, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Why am I here? What is my passion? Uh, am I pursuing that or not? So I think that's a very good point and something to uh, something to keep in mind for other people. Absolutely. And uh, what really clicked for me when I went through the burnout experience was that I actually started asking myself, you know, what what am I living? Who am I living my life for? Am I really doing it for me? Or am I doing it for somebody else? And that can be family, it can be society it can be whatever it is but once you realize that you want to start doing things for yourself and actually listen to that um inner voice or that passion or that you know exploit that gift that you have uh, i think your life can change completely and then uh, even if you have a lot of work when you love what you do it doesn't all of a sudden it doesn't feel like work anymore you know yeah for sure and, and, no. and it, it actually energizes you then um rather than um take your energy away yeah no absolutely and i think that's also a good point that that question who am i living my life for and i think sometimes it takes we have to go through some type of experience or experience something um i guess negative to have that wake-up call to start thinking about and i think i love how you said is it that you know we're very heavily influenced by family by our society so am i doing all this because i'm trying to fit into what they people other people think I should do or am I really focusing on what I think I should do and I think that's a very clear distinction when you start asking yourself those questions yeah and I thought it was really interesting that because when I was doing my research that <clears throat> you you were a lawyer so I'm like okay wow so he was a lawyer and now he's an ICT therapist that's a complete you know career change complete mindset shift so I thought I'd love to talk about how did you discover RTT? How did you realize that this is something that you wanted to do? Could you walk us through that journey? Yes, absolutely. So, well, like I said, throughout my career as a lawyer, uh, if I'm 100% honest with you, you know, my body, my entire self was already sending me lots of signals uh, 
and trying to show me that I should be looking at something else, but I, I, I ignored it. I, I, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to see that. Uh, and when you do that, I think that your, your body is so smart that it actually puts you in a situation to force you to look at this thing that you really need to look at. And for me, it was the burnout experience. I, I didn't have a choice but to stop and to look at um, what was going on inside. Absolutely. Um, so when you decided to, when you, after you're going through that experience and you kind of had a realization about your why or like you discovered what you're passionate about or the new career path that you'd like to go down, did you ever, cons did you ever think at the time when you're going through that burnout that you would end up being a hypnotherapist? Because I know for myself, include like myself, I definitely... Because I got certified uh, uh, right at the beginning of, of this year. And if you asked me just even a year ago that would you ever consider a career in, you know, being an RTT therapist or a hypnotherapist, I would have been like, no, I would. I, I never I never even thought of it. But it's funny how sometimes things work out. Yes, and absolutely not. I, You know, it wasn't planned. It, it's not something that I had thought of um, a year before. Not at all. But um just at the after the burnout experience, I did go on a personal development journey and I tried different therapies, different things. Um, and that's how I came across RTT. And uh, I actually flew to London from Switzerland to have uh, a live session with an RTT therapist uh, to try something different. And it really it blew me away. I, I remember how I was when I came out of that session and I felt completely changed. And that's when I actually realized, I thought, oh my God, I want to train in this. And that's how I ended up uh, buying the course training and qualifying as an RTT therapist in 2020. 2020, okay. Yeah, see, so 2020 was the year, it seems, yes. you know, that uh, yes. a lot of people joined in. Um, so... I had a similar experience in the sense that I remember uh, I was working in sales for a while and I kind of went through something similar to you in the sense that I loved selling. I like because human interaction and so on, but I didn't feel fulfilled and because I felt I'm selling a product that I don't really care about uh, and so on. So I started to think, what, how could I use those skills? And I just want to, you know, help people. I went through a similar thing to you. Um, with my personal development journey. And during that time, you know, all these amazing people helped me, which is why I started this podcast. Uh, and I was like, but how could I do more? I wanted to have a tool that I could directly have a positive impact on someone's life. And that's why RTT just felt, felt right. But I never actually knew I could train to be an RTT therapist because I'd found out about Marissa a couple of years ago. I'd done some of her courses, uh, the, the meditation ones, you know, and it's just reprogramming your mind about the whole I'm not enough and so on. But when I found out I was, you can train for the course, I was like, oh, wow, I, I could do something like that. That's amazing. That's crazy. So wh I'm curious, how do, what were your perceptions on hypnotherapy and stuff before you did it? And how is it after going through that live session that you that you just talked about? I didn't really have um, a preconceived idea about hypnotherapy and I know that when we try to explain what RTT is, we always have to differentiate between stage hypnosis and what we actually do in a session, which is therapeutic hypnosis. Uh, 
But I don't know. I had, you know, hypnosis hadn't really been part of my world before that, and so I didn't really have a, a preconceived idea. I just, I was just very, very open about the process. I was very um, excited and curious about learning the method, uh, and really based on the session that I had, and and I also enjoyed the course a lot, and that's what made the whole difference for me because. Uh, I kept comparing comparing it to my legal studies where I, I cannot really remember a course in law where I felt excited about learning. And with the RTT course, uh, every module, every chapter that I studied um, made me feel really excited. Yeah, and I think that's a very important thing to keep in mind that the excitement that you felt going through the course and learning about it, it, seemed, it sounds like it was something that really resonated with you. I always tell people who are, because people have reached out to me and asked, you know, how was your experience going through the course and so on. And I tell, I tell them, going through the course was kind of like me going through my own therapy session at the same time because learning yes. about beliefs, the subconscious mind, the tools, the techniques, and I'm like... So after each module, like you said, I'd like sit back. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't realize I'm I am like that. I didn't realize I was the the carer or the or whatever role I was playing. So Absolutely. how was your experience going through the training from on a on a personal level? Well, I think what you just mentioned is really really interesting, and probably that you know the the fact that you learn about yourself so much. Uh, that was the most interesting part of the whole course for me. It was. Uh, it, it, it was part of my own personal development journey. And then I also liked it because I thought it was a very practical course. You get to practice very quickly. You get to um, work with your peers during the course. And that was really, really interesting as well. And uh, what I loved is that, you know, you have to be brave enough to be vulnerable, to, to open up your heart, to work on your own issues. Uh, and that builds trust with the people that you work with, and yeah, it was it was really a really a beautiful experience. Yeah, for sure. And so, <clears throat> it sounds like you did the on did you do the online course as well? Because that's what I did. Uh, so I started. I did the professional course, and so part of it was online, and then there was a, a live um, a live week in London where you actually practice with your with the other uh, candidates in the course in a room. And uh, Marisa came in a couple of times a week to you know um, give a live session to everybody. We met with our trainers, um, and so you know they really check what you're doing and they show you and they give you advice and all that so it was a really really positive experience yeah um yeah because i saw on, on linkedin a picture of you and marissa i'm like oh wow he was actually there i would have if yes. i obviously the timing didn't work out but i would have loved to go and just because we watched we both watched like hundreds of hours of content of you know of marissa giving sessions on you know a million different things but i think that it would have been so cool to just be there and watch her do, you know, what she like, what she's been doing, you know, for 30 years. How was it actually attending a live session with like her running it? Well, it's a completely different experience, I would say. And, and you know, today I realize how lucky I was to actually uh, see her doing it in person because one week after the end of the course, everything shut down because COVID started. And so oh, I remember wow. thinking, oh, my God, I was actually really lucky to get to see uh, Marisa perform. Uh, yeah. But I believe everything's opening up again now. So uh, yeah, people will have the opportunity to uh, have live courses with her again. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Um, one thing about hypnotherapy, about going through the course that really surprised me was the power of beliefs and your subconscious mind. Because no matter what the presenting problem is, whether it was smoking, whether it was weight loss, whether it was PTSD, there's so, it blew my mind how many beliefs we hold on to from our past, whether it's childhood, whether it could be, you know, last week, whatever the case might be. And we're unaware. So going through the course, did you discover any beliefs that you were holding that you weren't really aware of? And how is it, I guess, breaking free from all that? Um, breaking free from it all was long and it <laughs> required effort and, you know, Absolutely. courage to open up and go and look at all these issues that... I guess I kind of knew I had because um, I'm very keen on personal development and I had already been working on myself quite a lot, but RTT really brought it to a different level. And I think it's what really gave me the courage to change careers because um, again, I'm going back to um, the education I received, the, the environment I grew up in. Um, it wasn't easy for me to deconstruct all those beliefs around success, um, you know, and everything that my career as a lawyer meant as opposed to a career as a therapist. Um, it wasn't necessarily easy for me to admit that this was the direction I really wanted to take now for myself. Yeah. Uh, and, and put all the, um, the prestigious legal career behind you know, yeah. because of everything that it meant. So yes, for me, I think that's what was the hardest. Uh, and, and deconstructing all that and freeing myself from all those beliefs that were not really what I wanted was, was the most beautiful outcome of the whole. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, I think if you've gone through an art, if you've trained as an RT therapist, it's a, uh, it's a long, it is a long process. It's not an overnight thing. It takes time. And you, the more you find out about yourself, the more you realize you have to work on yourself. But it's an exciting thing at the same time, because you learn, I think the more you learn about yourself, the better, I think the better you can have, the better outlook you can have on life and on yourself as a person as well. Well, and then absolutely. And then I also think it's beautiful, but it's also necessary because once you've gone through it yourself, that's how you can help your clients the best then you know and that's what i do today with my clients i i concentrate on on young corporates so okay. uh, that's kind of my niche now and these are my ideal clients if you wish i speak with a lot of people who are not happy in their work uh, but they don't know how to what to do to change or or you know they feel very scared also to take that step and actually go and do what what's really calling them um, and because I can relate all that to my personal journey, it becomes easier, but also so exciting to be able to help uh, somebody going through that as well. Yeah, for sure. I think um, what I try to do as well with client, I think the more you can bring your own story and your own journey into uh, the session or into, you know, your conversation with your client, I think, number one, it makes them feel more comfortable that, oh, they've you know they've been through that too they understand me they relate to me and i think it helps build that connection and that trust which is so yes. important when you're conducting any rtt session yes yeah yeah 
And so how long would you say it took you to actually feel confident that you could do this? Because I remember going through the course and Marissa has said this, I think, a hundred times in so many videos that guys, it's uh, it's really easy. It's not difficult. It's intuitive. It's simple. And then you watch her and I'm like, how did she do that without, for example, without a script? How did she know that was the thing to say? How did she know this was a technique to use right now? I know it comes with experience, but she does it so flawlessly. You know what I mean? And the more I watch, I'm just in awe. I don't, I still don't know how she does it so flawlessly. I think hopefully in time uh, we'll get to that level. But how long would you say it took you to start feeling, I guess, confident in your ability to do this? Well, like I said, I think it's a very uh, good course in the sense that it's very practical very quickly so you get to practice with with your peers very quickly and what helped me was the the practice practice register sessions that um you have to do during the course and so you give sessions and you receive sessions and that really helped me um you know uh, get more confident uh, with the method and practicing on people and yeah obviously when you when you take your first client it is a bit scary it is a bit stressful but um that's the only way to do it it's to practice and do it again and again yeah and, and the more you do it the more comfortable you feel absolutely like just just like any other skill you know it takes time but it also takes uh, practice. Um, so I'm curious because I wanted to ask you because um, I had this experience going through the practice register sessions that you were talking about as well. So going through the course, you know, you study, you study, you study, you study, and then it's time to actually practice. So I remember with my first practice session, um, I was very nervous. Uh, probably wasn't the best session, but it's okay. That's what that's what they're there for, so you can practice. But Knowing about hypnotherapy and knowing the tools is one thing as a, from an RTC therapist side. But what I loved about the practice register is that I also have to be a client. And, you know, they say seeing is believing. So if I had any doubts before about does this actually work, does it not? Having to be a therapist and a client really makes you see that, oh, wow, this does work. Because I had some very successful sessions done on myself and I had some really good sessions done with other people. So how is that experience for you acting as both the therapist and the client? What did you learn? What was it? What did you find different? Or is there something that surprised you being on the client side, for example? Uh, I was surprised being on the client side in the sense that um, the person who was performing as a therapist they were all really good you know i had really good sessions and that's like what we were saying it it allowed me to work on myself as well so i think you it's an opportunity for you to be very open and 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 to do the work on yourself as well yeah and when you started i guess when you completed the course you know you got your certification now I think anytime you're starting a new venture going down a new path or when you for example we're getting that first client I've been through this um, and it's something that I still, you know, it's, I think it's something we all go through that whole concept of um, imposter syndrome. So, you know, it's like, am I, can I really do this? You know, those doubts that you have, like, I know the tools I've studied, I've had the certification to prove it. So I am qualified, but you still have those thoughts sometimes in the back of your head. So how is it when you started to like set out on your own, <clears throat> getting that first client, what was going through your mind? How was that first session? How did you feel? Walk us through like, you know, that first, that first jump. Uh, 
Yeah, well, you definitely have the thoughts. You, uh, I definitely went through, and I still do. Every time I have a new client, I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this? And you know, and, and I feel like I have to prepare a lot. Yeah. Uh, but then I do it and, and I realized when I'm in the session, how much I start to enjoy it. And then, you know, and then I forget about all the negative, <laughs> all, the, all the negative voice there telling me that I'm not able to do this. So... Um, and then when you complete the session and you see the change on your client or, um, you know, you receive a text message uh, on the next day from the client saying that this was amazing. That's when you realize, oh, my God, I did it, you know, and this is when uh, it's important to just take a moment and say, I did it. And remember how you were feeling before the session started uh, and look back see the whole journey from the beginning to the end of the session and tell yourself that you know you are capable and you did it and you did a great job because your client's happy and they're telling you yeah exactly i think that i remember my first uh, session uh, with my client and the next day she sent me a message saying i there's so many things i didn't realize about myself thank you so much um but one thing that i've noticed or i guess the challenging thing is and this i think happens with all many types of therapy is people come go to therapists uh, and you kind of put the responsibility on the therapist to solve your problem which is not the case we are there to help so mm. like we say you know in the session we do 70% of the work but that 30% that you need to do after which is the recording so how do you I guess because I was like, I want, I want to, I want to check in with my client, you know, to make sure they are listening to the recording. But sometimes they do or they don't, and you want to be, I guess, compassionate towards them. Okay, maybe they're busy, whatever. But at the same time, I feel sometimes a bit frustrated because I'm like, if you want to, if you want this to, you know, you want to reprogram your mind, completely change that belief, you have to put in this work. It's not, yes. you know, a session is great, but it's not enough. So how do you, I guess? work with like how do you manage that you know with with your clients be i'd be curious to learn it's actually something that marisa speaks about very clearly uh and it's all about setting your client up for success and for yeah. me the work starts from the very beginning from that very first call from the very first contact you have with the client and you have to make sure at that moment that the person is ready and open for the work that you are about to start with them. So it starts from there during the session and after the session with the recording. And I really see this as a whole for me. Uh, the results are going to be the greatest when you have been able to set your client up for success from the very beginning. And like you said, we are there to help. I, I very often present myself as a guide or a detective that is also a word that Marissa uses a lot rather than a therapist. And it's really, um, I see it as a teamwork, you know, as, as a collaboration. Yes, you are there as a therapist, but the client also needs to do their part of the work, which is as important as the work that you were doing as a therapist. Absolutely. I love the word you said there, teamwork, because it really is, you know, where I... I can only help you if you put if you're doing the work as well and it's my job to do the best to guide you and to to get you to that I, i'm curious so when you started out you've been doing it now for about a year six months uh, yeah. around that yeah did you have an idea of 
the type of client you wanted or because you know ICT is useful for so many things uh, you know from weight loss to smoking to uh, career what relationships does it really covers you know a, a broad range of subjects so how did you decide on what were the issue what were the I guess the issues that you would like to be working with and yeah. what you didn't well, I knew what the issues that I wanted to work in were from my personal experience. I, okay. I, because of the burnout experience, I really, I knew that I wanted to help people who would uh, have been through a burnout experience, who were about to burn out, or you know, the the corporate world was kind of my target for me. So I knew I wanted to go in that direction. But when you first qualify, I think it's really, really good to. Um, practice with any client who wants to work with you and it can actually be very interesting for you as well you can suddenly discover a whole area that you were not even aware of and 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 suddenly grow a passion for it um, Absolutely. so you know nothing to worry about if you don't know what type of client you want to work with what your ideal client is um, I believe that your your niche can can easily come to you um as as uh, as long as you practice and and you try you know absolutely uh and i th i think you said a really good point that i didn't even consider before because i'm still kind of in that phase of trying you know um, i'm happy to take on um most issues except two which i'll get into in a sec um but i think i like what you said about relating it to what you went through and i think that is something that's so important it really helps so for example in my case my biggest issue was the belief that i'm not enough that i carried my entire life uh only actually last year did i actually go to uh, a, uh i guess traditional therapy a talk therapist and so i had that experience it was good uh, i enjoyed it it did help i learned a lot about myself but going from I'm really happy I did that because now as a hypnotherapist, I've experienced both sides. Mm -hmm. So I know what the benefits are there and I know how how hypnotherapy has helped me in a, in a different way, in a probably much more targeted way and a much more longer lasting way. Yeah. So there's, I remember going through the, when I was going through the practice register, one of the sessions uh, I did as a client was for smoking. So I've wanted to quit smoking, but I didn't... I thought all I had to do was, you know, one RTT session and, you know, uh, my smoking will be done. But I learned very quickly after it that with something like smoking, I learned that, okay, I'm not going to work with, I would never work with a client unless if there's a scale of like one to 10, you're on an 11 or 12 that you want to quit smoking. Because I think that issue in particular there's so many stresses of life that come into play. There's so many different things. Yes, you have the recording. Yes, the session was helpful. But unless you're like at 100% that you're, you know, dying to quit smoking, I'm not going to mm. I'm not going to work on that. And also with uh, CCT, come on, so CCT. Yeah, yeah, I, I would love to work in on that. I think that out of all the things that you can do with hypnotherapy, that is just absolutely incredible. But I think that is the one that you probably need the most practice as a, as a therapist before you can start tackling something like that because that's very, I, I guess, more technical and more specific. What would you say? 
Well, I think you touched on a very, very important point there, and, and it's the commitment that the client is going to come in with, you know, and I Absolutely. think the example you gave about smoking applies to any issue. Actually, I don't think RTT is a magic pill. Yeah. Uh, so just to come back to what we were saying, um, the the commitment that the client comes in with and how much work they're going to put in is as important as the work that you are going to do as a therapist. Um, another very important point that you mentioned with uh, when you were comparing it to traditional therapy, which I also tried uh, in my own personal development journey, they were all very interesting um, and also probably very complementary to RTT. But where the experience was completely different for me was that with RTT, I felt that I experienced all these um, past events in my body again if that makes mm. sense you know you go back you access your subconscious mind and you really experience the emotions in your body again and so you you really go from a place uh, of head to heart if i can present it like that and for me yeah. that is so much more powerful um, than conversational therapy where you're still it's very very rational you know so you still uh, maybe keeping some barriers and not opening up completely. Whereas with RTT, you, you, you really go to such a deep level uh, that, you know, whatever needs to be released uh, is released and the emotions are released. And this is where the, the phenomenal work gets done, in my opinion. I couldn't agree with you more. I think you said something really important about with talk therapy that it's very rational so yeah. it was a you know me with the therapist it was very conversational we dove a lot into you know my past and so on but i know i've been going through itt sessions there were things that came up relating to my that i'm not enough issue that i didn't even i would have never even thought maybe it was a repressed memory maybe it was something that i would have never thought that is why you know that event still affects me today and I remember when I was when I went to talk therapy, one thing I didn't like was, especially now being an RTT therapist, like with RTT, we always typically, typically we say within one to three sessions and three sessions is probably on the higher, like on the more excessive side for something, probably like PTSD, something like quite traumatic that would need a couple of sessions to really uncover and, you know, help help the client heal and so on. But I there wasn't really a I couldn't. With talk therapy, I asked my therapist, how many sessions do you think I would need? And they said around maybe, I don't know, eight to 10, for example, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, okay, well, what was that based on? How, why do you think it would take eight to 10 sessions? I could do eight ten to 10 sessions in two weeks. Would that solve the problem? But with RTT, what I really like is that it's very structured. And after one session, we you need that time away to listen to the recording before we can even have another session because you need that time to reprogram your mind and really, you know, like live it and, you know, go through those changes. You know, it, things take time. You know, RCT is tr fast in the sense that we tackle the problem immediately. We get to the root, the reason, the cause. So that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But that it's still going to take you some time to, you know, like you said, in your experience and in mine, it takes time to really make those changes. Well, absolutely, because if you think about it, um, 
it's taken you, if I take myself as an example, I'm going to be 35. And so I've been creating beliefs for 35 years. And with an RTT session, I'm going to go to the root cause of an issue, understand where it comes from. But yes, it's going to take some time to deconstruct those beliefs that I've been building for the last 35 years. And this is a point that I think we should make very clear here. It's RTT is not a miracle, but it does get you to the root cause very fast. It is an intense process. And this is why, in my opinion, the results are so quick. But you've got to put the work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think, like you said, and we've touched on it before, you have to put in, you just have to put in the work. Um, I know you do um, RTT in other languages as well, which I thought was quite interesting. So I, I know that the process is the same no matter what language it is. But do you find it, I guess, is it more challenging in other languages? You know, when you want to say that one word of like, you know, go back to scenes or something like that. Do you find it more challenging? Is it more difficult? Or how is your experience doing it in other languages? It's a beautiful experience. And yes, I give RTT sessions in French and Spanish because there are both my other mother tongues. Uh, But yes, it's challenging because, you know, the course is provided in English. You learn the material in English. You start practicing in English. Uh, But doing it in in another language is such a beautiful experience as well because um, me personally, I connect with the person in their own language. I connect with the culture. There are things that you can just not express in a different language. You know, they just mean something different. So I think that to do this type of work that is so intimate and profound, um, doing it in somebody's native language um, can be a game changer. It, it, it can be a completely different experience. So, yeah, I, uh, it is challenging. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I've had, I've had to learn, you know, the, the words and I had to get practice. But just like uh, the sessions with English, you know, then you start, um, you, you, you practice and you learn and you get more comfortable the more you do it. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, I think you said something very interesting that when you speak, you like, especially with something like an RTT session, which is very personal, very intense, that language, being able to speak someone's language really is the difference between you truly connecting with them. Because that's how they're going to think that you understand them and vice versa. Yeah, and actually from the very beginning, even even before the session, when you when you connect with your client for the first time, uh, you know, I just love the look on my client's face when I tell them, sure, we can do it in Spanish or in French. And then uh, all of a sudden they feel even more open to connect with you and, and tell you about their journey and everything. So, yeah, it's uh, it helps. It really helps connecting with with your client. Yeah, no, absolutely, for sure. Um, coming back to the whole, I guess, the mental, like the 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 mental side of RTT, because I, I have friends, for example, that uh, I'm sure you've probably gone through the experience that they might be struggling with an issue or or something, and they would like to try a session with you, but they also are a bit like worried because, like, oh, you know me. You know, like you're my friend, you know, I don't know if I'm comfortable, would be comfortable you knowing all this about me, even though we have a very close uh, relationship. So I always tell them, I'm like, when we, if we're doing an RTT session, which I've done with my friends, I'm a therapist, you're a client. I don't, it's as if I don't know you, but I feel that because I do know them at the same time, 
it also helps me bring other things that we've experienced together into the conversation that could potentially be adding to whatever you know this issue is or a previous experience is, is that something you've been through yourself Absolutely. I started with friends and family. Uh, I'm still working with friends and family because some of them really enjoy it. Uh, but I think it's, um, you know, all about the relationship you have with them. If you feel that you have a relationship of trust, uh, which I have with many of them, and they are absolutely willing to open up and, uh, you know, release those emotions with me. Um, they know they can trust me uh, and we've had some fantastic sessions. I mean, they they loved it, they grew and for me it was incredible practice. So it was really a win-win situation. But then you also get those other people who maybe are not so comfortable opening up with you because there are friends or family. I also have those. Uh, and then in those cases, if it's uncomfortable, you know, why would you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and why would you put them in an uncomfortable situation? Um, I, I talk about it with them openly and if they're really interested in RTT then I can easily recommend them to somebody else sure for sure yeah uh, I think you made a good point that it is pra I th it, at the end of the day there's some people like you said who are going to be comfortable some people who aren't and if you're not comfortable then there's no pressure there's no need you know it's just we're our job we're here to help um, also because in many cases we're going to be dealing with family issues you know that you you even might be uh, part of so yes obviously it might not be always ideal to work with family members yeah I've actually funny you funny you said that I actually had an experience um, with a family member and in one of one of the scenes that we went back to uh, I was the cause of it so it was very it was very weird being in the session as and trying to you know keep my head level as a therapist and you're a client and I'm like oh but I felt bad I'm like oh I didn't know I was the reason like so it kind of threw me off a little bit absolutely but that's an that's a really good point as well because at that point you you can continue working with the person and tell them you don't have to tell me everything yeah. you know what what you're going through is your story you don't have to share everything just share what you're comfortable with and that's fine yeah for sure. And it actually reminds them that they are always in control of themselves during a session, which is also a question that a lot of people have yeah. when they start inquiring about hypnotherapy. Uh, everybody is always in control of themselves during a session. They're just in a very open, relaxed state where they will perceive things differently and be very, very open. Uh, but, you know, they can stop the session at any time or... Um, stay quiet if they wish. Uh, they are in control of the session at the end of the day. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I think you touched on a couple of the points about some of the, I guess, uh, skepticism that people have about hypnotherapy. Because I've been asked those questions too, you know, um, am I asleep? Can you uh, control me? Um, will I remember everything? Um, uh, what if there's something, can you make me tell you things that I wouldn't want to tell you? And I, I keep coming back. I'm like, listen, you're in full control. It's like, we're, I'm just driving a car. You're sitting in the back. You just tell me which direction to go. I have no, I'm, you know, I'm the driver and you're the passenger. That yeah. That's literally how it is. You know, you, you, you dictate the whole session. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is an important point to remind people always. Yeah. Uh, another concern I get a lot is that people get worried that they're not going to get into hypnosis or that the process is not going to work for them. Uh, and I think the best you can do as a therapist in those moments is just to reassure them and say, look, um, this works. Uh, I'm just going to guide you through it. 
uh, and it's and it's going to be fine with you too. And usually the experience I've had is that I take them down the stairs and they're already in it completely. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I love asking them at the end of the session, so how did you think it went? Do you think the process worked? And most of them are completely amazed. You know, they're like, yeah, I didn't think I was going to get into it so quick. Yeah. I think, uh, and one thing uh, about that, when it comes to people ask me a lot, like, what is hypnosis? What does it mean? What does it feel like? And I was trying to find a simple way to put it to people. Yes, I say it's in a relaxed state, but the, I think the one that relates to me the most and I think that people will understand is I always tell them like, have you ever meditated before? And a lot of people, you know, have at least experienced some type of meditation. I'm like, it's literally that. You're not yeah. asleep. You're just super relaxed, super calm. And that's all it is. Yeah, and it's a wonderful comparison that I use a lot as well. And I also like to tell them that it's a beautiful way for them to access an altered state of consciousness, yeah. um, which allows them to access uh, the subconscious mind and those memories that might be, um, you know, blocked somewhere in their body. And yeah, but comparing yeah. Um, the state to meditation is a really, really beautiful um, illustration yeah for sure on the <clears throat> on the part of the subconscious mind one thing that really blew my mind going through the course was first of all I didn't I never realized the power of it I never realized how much it influences our daily lives our conscious mind and so on but in particular on the language when Marissa says that your brain listens to everything that because sometimes you know we like to sometimes be self-deprecating like make a joke like oh i'm not that smart or whatever and you you are joking and you know uh, on some level uh, you unconsciously you maybe don't believe that but that can start to seep in to mm -hmm. your subconscious mind and those beliefs can start to form so the yeah. power of language is something that really blew my mind when it came mm -hmm. to this, uh, learning about rtt I agree. I agree. I think uh, it it opened my eyes as well. And I actually started to realize, my God, this is not nice the way I'm talking to myself, you know. <laughs> and uh, so it helped me a lot. And yes, I, I, I have become a lot more conscious about language today, you know, and yeah. even if it's outside an RTT session, uh, uh, it doesn't matter what environment I'm in. I'm, I'm currently working with a corporation in Switzerland to help them with the uh, their personal development in the organization and um, part of the work was actually to draft communication guidelines you know to tell them language is so important be careful about you know how you talk to people how you talk to yourself first but also how you talk to colleagues how you write emails all of this impacts um, productivity and how people feel about themselves so yes Abs yeah, the power no. of words is incredible yeah, and I really like what you said about creating um, communication guidelines. I think that's super important, especially when you're working in any type of organization, because that's what you hear about a lot, in, especially in the corporate environment. You know how people speak to each other and it can sometimes be misconstrued and people can feel quite negative about it. So I think actually that's a very good point to create yeah. some type of guidelines on how should we communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. The You know, the energy you waste when you let's imagine you receive negative communication whether it's verbal or written it doesn't matter but you you have to get over that and it takes 
uh, I think it's been studied, it takes approximately 20 minutes for you to get over the, the, the negative charge that you get to continue doing your work positively. And so, yeah, the, the time and energy that you waste with negative communication has a huge impact. No, for sure. Absolutely, man. Uh, Seb, I want to be conscious of our time, so I just have a few more questions for you. So first of all, there's a lot of people, I think there's a lot, um, uh, maybe it's actually, maybe it's different in Switzerland than it is here, but there still is a lot of, I guess, skepticism around hypnotherapy and hypnosis, for example. So what would you say to some, what would you say to the people who still have some preconceived notions about whether this works? Is it real? Uh, and, you know, and so on. Try it. Really try it because there is there is nothing to lose. It's not dangerous. It's a completely natural process. And like everything else, I think it's just good to be curious about new things. Uh, and yes, there is a preconception here as well. Uh, so for me, the best advice is to try it for yourself. So so you can, you know, have your own opinion about it. Yeah, for sure. Man. I think you said it perfect. Try it. You have nothing to lose. And I like that you said it's a natural process, which it is. We're not just saying that you, it's a, you can read up about it. Going into hip, hypnosis is the same state as you are in right before you, you know, go to sleep. It's when you're that, that phase as well. Yeah, try and, it and, and feel it for yeah. yourself, you know, really feel it. Most of yeah. everything, feel it for yourself and see the results for yourself. I really, I really believe people are going to be blown away. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Uh, and what advice would you have now going, we've both gone through the course, we're both certified RTT therapists. What advice would you give someone who's about to start their journey going in, go, uh, as an RTT therapist? The best advice I give, because I actually had to do this uh, in a small video for um, uh, the RTT trainers who are encouraging the students who are about to start the course. So the best advice I can give them from the heart is to do it for themselves, really, you know, do it, do it for yourself, for nobody else, just for yourself and use it as a beautiful opportunity to learn about yourself. You know, this is also about your own personal journey and it's just such a beautiful way to uh, learn about yourself and grow. Absolutely, man. And uh, I think you said a good point about do it for yourself and it's, you know, be excited that it's a journey and you know don't rush it take your time i think that's one thing that i would advise people is you can, can you can condense the l content of the learning in the sense you could fin you could finish eight modules in i don't know like a month two months if, if you really that's all you did um but i learned take your time with it and because it really takes time to build those skills and to really understand how to do it what are the challenges? What are the mistakes you're going to make? And I always tell people, if you're going to do this, if you're going to go into uh, training to be an ICT therapist, be prepared to face whatever is going to come up because there are going to be things that maybe you have not addressed before that you're going to have to face going through this experience. Yeah, but you will get the support you need. You'll be part Absolutely. of a wonderful community yeah. of really great people. Uh, I mean, for me, I know I came from a completely different world and background, but I discovered a new, you know, a, a new world. Uh, it was uh, really a, a beautiful door that opened up with this. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, and like you said, you do have for anyone listening, if you're considering doing it, guys, there is amazing support out there. You know, they're very responsive. There's a great 
<clears throat> community of ICT therapists as well that they can always reach out to and speak to um, for any for any questions or anything you might have. And for my last two questions, Seb, these are questions that I ask all my guests. So number one, looking back, I guess, over your career or maybe in a person on in, a, in your personal life, what would you say you're most proud of for yourself? Um, finding the courage to do what I love, really. It took time, it took years, but I did it. Uh, and I can only encourage people to do the same, you know, have a look at what's blocking you, understand what it is that's making you feel unhappy, if you are unhappy. Um, and listen to that inner voice, trust your intuition and go into that direction because it's, it's just just a journey. And once you start, uh, things start to open up, things start to happen really naturally and your life can completely change. Absolutely, man. That's I think that's a beautiful thing that you said, finding the courage to, you know, do what you actually, you know, want to do. And like you said, it does take time and it's not it's not easy. But once you start and you start, you know, following your passion, walking down the path that you think you should be on, it's funny how things do start to open up for you. So, no, I totally agree. And that's an awesome, uh, awesome thing that you that that's what you feel. And there's just oh, too many people who don't do what they love you know and i yeah. was i was one of them and it's it doesn't feel nice it's not nice uh you feel frustrated and when you feel frustrated then you put that frustration on other people who don't deserve that so i really have this vision of a world where people would wake up every morning feeling happy about what they do and i think we can all um do that yeah absolutely man and i think you actually touched on the last question already but I'll, I'll ask it anyway maybe i don't know if there's something that you wanted to add sure. um what is uh, so uh, uh, the question is what is the message that you'd like all the listeners to take home with them today well the message is that you know really listen to that inner voice and uh follow your passion do what you love because by doing what you love you're going to help so many people if you're not in a good place with yourself how can you um you know develop uh, empathy and develop good energy around you i think if you are where you want to be uh that's just going to attract people to you people are going to feel that positive energy that you have and they're going to want to work with you or you know um, be part of your life absolutely man i think that's a beautiful message and a great way to uh to end the podcast um like you said uh, I think uh, I really like what you said that doing what you love and pursuing your passion and, you know, following that does create that energy. People are more drawn to you and doing that will enable you to help um, as many, many more people and the people you care about and so on. So, no, I totally agree. It takes uh, courage. You know, it takes a lot of courage, but we're here to help. Uh, absolutely. We're here to help you take that step. Uh, and it's just so rewarding for yourself and the people around you. Absolutely, man. Seb, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I've absolutely loved this conversation, man. Really, it was great to speak to a fellow ITT therapist, listen to your journey, your experience, you know, with clients, your personal development and all the things, you know, to do with that. So this has been an awesome conversation, man. Thank you so much. For I'm so grateful, Khaled. Thank you so much. It's been an amazing opportunity. Thanks again.
Absolutely. Guys, to everyone listening, uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Make sure to follow the podcast all over the place and on Instagram at hope.it.helps. And you can check out Seb's uh, website too. I believe it's sebjoslin.com. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. Uh, perfect. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch, he speaks many more languages than I do. So maybe if you want in Spanish or French, <laughs> hit him up. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, hope it helps. Peace.